Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcome, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode for Cubs on Baseball Prospectus List and ask me questions if I was confusing. It's list time. People are sending out their lists of top 100 or 101 or 117 prospects, whatever it is that they're sending out. And we appreciate the information. We appreciate the data. And I appreciate having something to have a podcast on because it's kind of obvious the Cubs aren't all that interested in signing players. So I will talk about prospects, which is the basic premise here anyway. Um... I'm going to talk about the four Cubs players that are on the baseball prospectus list. But first off, I'm going to go through a bit of why. You shouldn't really sweat whether the Cubs have two or three or four prospects on any specific list. Um, Hopefully you don't. But if you are, well... The future is based on the prospects, so shouldn't we be really interested in having a large number of prospects on top 100 lists? It'd be nice. But it's not an all-or-nothing thing. And my intro is kind of why. Uh, one of my more recent podcasts, I talk, talked a bit about music as I was putting this one together. I figured it was time to go back to tapping on music again. And let's imagine for a moment you were putting together a list of your top X number of musical preferences. No genres thrown in, no nothing. Just acts that you enjoy listening to. Now, I don't know who you are. I don't know what your age is. I don't know anything along those lines. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about how screwed up my list would be. Now, the top four or five or eight, I could probably do those relatively easy. They might change periodically. But I could probably do a top eight, something like that, eight, maybe ten, as far as artists that pretty much anything that they've done, I, I really enjoy. But if I'm going to do a top 100 list, here's where it gets really screwy. It's not so much a question of, do I put Rush over Black Sabbath or Black Sabbath over Rush? That's not the problem. They're both similar in completely different ways. I respect the heck out of both of them musically. And if I was trying to decide Rush or Black Sabbath, who goes higher up, that would be hard. That would be very hard for me to say, sorry, Black Sabbath, you're beneath Rush. Or Rush, sorry, you're beneath Black Sabbath. Either way, it would be really hard because they're really close. They <laughs> they were really good for a really long time and both changed music quite a bit. 
But that's not where the hard part is. That's not where the hard part is. At some point, at some point, I'll get to the point where I have to start to decide between, let's say, John Fogarty CCR. I'll, I'll lump I'll lump those two together. Uh, with um, Dmitry Shostakovich. Now let's throw in um, Jimmy Witherspoon, jazz guitarist. Really good, really good jazz guitarist. Um, Shamika Copeland. You see, I have more than one genre that are valuable. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there that now, how would I even assess a composer whose music is still blowing people away now with a blues artist whose music is still blowing people away now? How do I decide? You get to a certain point if you have enough musical artists you really appreciate. You get to a certain point where, you know what? The people between, let's say, 65 and 215 are right about the same. How am I going to split the difference? Franz Schubert versus John Hyatt. How do I split that difference? Completely different artists. Completely different mindsets that I'm in when I'm wanting to listen to them. Completely valid. How do I split the difference between two musical artists that I have a lot of musical respect for and they're entirely different? Is it pinnacle? How good were they at their best? Or is it uh, if someone was around cranking out meaningful music for 15, 18, 20 years, that gets a huge bump over someone who's really good for two or three years? I could go one way or the other, but the problem is I could go the other way instead of the one. You're absolutely assessing your priorities on the day you're putting together the list. You're not putting to you're not prioritizing who's the better player, who's the better prospect. You're assessing what am I valuing? This guy here looks like he might be a long-term shortstop. This guy is a one in three at being a first division catcher. How do you split that? How do you split that? At a certain point, if you have enough legitimate pieces under consideration. If you have enough players you're looking at, if you have enough musicians you're looking at, it gets impossible at some point. And at some point, it's like, okay, this guy is 97th. This lady is 98th. Marsha Ball is 143rd, but she's just about the same as whoever I have at 224 or 97. It's just a matter of, I have an article to write. It's really hard when you have two things that are almost exactly equal. 
but entirely different to assess. Yeah, this one's going to be 94. This one's going to be 121. And this one's going to be 143. There's really not that much of a difference, especially, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, thanks for stopping by the podcast. I tried to put quality and effort into each one to assure information you won't get as promptly or completely from other sources. I doubt anyone else is taking this tack today. If you have friends that might enjoy this sort of information delivery service on Deep Dive Cubs News, send them a link of an episode that might resonate with them. Perhaps this one. Hitting like, share, follow, retweet, or subscribe is also appreciated. Ask if you need assistance in sharing. Much of this podcast is assessing value. As you assess the value this podcast provides you, most podcast delivery systems allow you a simple link for you to contribute to the podcast and its host in the fashion that is most applicable for you. Thanks for any and all levels of support. Baseball Prospectus came out with their list today, and four Cubs are on their list. None are in the top 62. All are in the top 90. So... One of the things I've been saying for a while is however you want to bunch the top four or five Cubs prospects is completely good. I have no preference because they all have their assets. They all have things that they still have to prove. And the thing I was putting off from the first half, very few people have seen any of these people play any of these players play since September of 2020. Now, you know, you you got to see a video of Ed Howard off at spring training or off taking batting practice out in Mesa, which, you know, it's kind of helpful to see how his body has matured, how his swing has developed. But as far as how he will actually do against players that he is opposing in a game, I got no idea. I, I, I really can't. I really don't know. Baseball Prospectus has Braylon Marquez at 63, Brennan Davis at 78, Ed Howard at 88, and Miguel Amaya at 89. Presumably, Davis, Howard, and Amaya will still be in the, what well, will not have used up their prospect status until at least August, September, probably not even by then. Uh, Braylon Marquez, we'll have to see. He got his two-thirds of an inning in and has things he has to work on. He knows that he's been doing it. It's all good. And if you're holding two-thirds of an inning outing against him, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. Um, You just don't see... 98, 99, 100, 101, regular. He was off. His command was off. That'll happen. Um, The Cubs will also, if players do well, have players up following those four. That's the hope. Will Reggie Preciado move up? into the range. What what would Preciado be now? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top 150. 
150, 160 again. How, how do you separate? Well, the guy looks, he, he's young. He looks like he can, he can hit. If he does well, then he'll move up. If he doesn't, then he won't. Um, Chase Strumpf, if the opposite field power is there and he can adequately handle second base and maybe get plugged in at third base a little bit here and there, that works. Um, there are pieces there. There are a whole lot of pitchers that might be about ready to take a step forward. Or they might not be ready to. If you're interested in the pipeline, and you should be, spend a bit more time on it. One of the things I've been having an absolute blast with is chit-chatting with people who are fans of other teams regarding potential Cubs trades. Um... I know that my opinion carries little weight, borderline no weight, but my goal is to educate. And whether it's a Cubs fan or a Blue Jays fan, either way, it's cool. So I, uh, someone had been discussing what would the Blue Jays be likely to need to send the Cubs if they were to make a trade for Kyle Hendricks, Chris Bryant, you know, the regulars, the ones that people always ask for. And I responded, well, there's been one trade since Jed Hoyer's taken over. Jed Hoyer sent over five players, or received five players from San Diego. One of them was a veteran starting pitcher. One of them was a 20-year-old prospect. And the other three were teenage prospects. If you're going by the one trade that there's been and considering that to be any sort of a uh, predictive measure on what the Cubs might be looking for from Toronto, then you might look for players who are kind of along those lines. And I ran off six players on the Blue Jays prospect list, none of which were in the top 10. And all four of them are... Either young and or distant from Rule 5 draft eligibility. Same ones I mentioned back a while ago. And C.J. Van Eyck, um, DeCastro, I'm not, uh, Revelkin. I'm not, Revelkin, DeCastro, is it? Uh, I'm not remembering names. I'm not going to look them up, but... Once you start to have a hunch on what is going to be being looked for, then you have a hunch on what might be being looked for, and you can float that as a possibility. That's what I did. And eventually the people were appreciative and popped in on, one of them at least, popped in on one of my podcasts to listen. So yeah, um, it's perfectly fine to get upset, angry, bitter, over what Tom Ricketts isn't doing this offseason. If that's what you wish to do, if that works for you, if that benefits you somehow, by all means, keep it up. It's, you know, it, it, you're allowed to do that. Um, I question whether it's going to help. I question whether it's going to change anything. And I'm pretty much to the point where, well, whatever the budget's at now, the budget mandate 
is somewhat below that. Now, I don't know, was it 153 now? Just for argument's sake, whatever. I'll say it's 153. It might be higher than that. Well, whatever it is now, it's got to go lower. So somebody's got to go. Eventually, somehow, sometime, some way, somebody's got to go. So who's it going to be? And when? And if they are going away, what's coming back in return? And that, that's a completely legitimate sort of question. And I'd much rather have that be the topic of discussion. Who's, who will be going next? You know, what, what is the possibility of, if the number is 144, then what trades should be made? Um, I, I think that's interesting discussion. It's, you know, uh, probably minor note. Uh, how, how do I throw in? Uh, Arthur Rubenstein, who was a fantastic pianist, he didn't write anything so much, but he has a 10-set CD of Chopin music, which you pretty much have to have. You can have other Chopin stuff, and that's wonderful as well. But the Rubenstein, you have to have those 10. So where does he go on my list? Does he go top 80? It's really tough to play stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you can argue about whatever you want. You can prioritize whatever. You, you can tilt whatever windmills you want. I'm basically sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. And once it happens, assessing it. Because nobody's asking me. You know, They're not running stuff by me. Tom Ricketts is not asking me, should I be... Um, genteel enough to Cubs fans to increase my spending $10 million more this season. I'm not being asked that. What I'm seeing is there's a sell mandate going on. Jed Hoyer knows players have to go before players can come in. And that's the way I see things happening now. And when I hear a trade discussion... Whichever the team is. And what team it is really doesn't matter. You know, Washington Nationals. Okay, I'll go look at the Nationals. Who do the Nationals have that has been signed in 2020 or 2019 that's not in the top 20 prospect list that has upside and was signed for a reasonably high uh, bonus, uh, signing bonus? That's what I'm looking for. Now, I could I could complain I could say, this is horrible that they're going to trade Chris Bryant. This is horrible that Wilson Contreras is going to get traded. This is horrible that Chris Bryant is feeling not appreciated and is going on barstool sports and saying, I don't feel appreciated by Cubs fans. You know, okay, well, you know, if that's, if that's moving to you, then it's moving to you. Great, fine, no problem, whatever. Knock yourself out. But uh, I'd much rather look at what sorts of players might make sense from other organizations and do a little bit of research that way. Because that research seems to matter short term. If somebody gets designated for assignment, somebody got designated for assignment today, look him up. Guy who... Um, the Blue Jay, a pitcher, right-handed pitcher, the Blue Jays had signed from Detroit. 
back in December, right before Christmas, not even remembering his name, uh, 25 years old from, I think, Venezuela, and got into one game for Detroit in 2020, had an ERA of 18, which, you know, two th- basically you're looking at the exceedingly huge sample size that um, Raylan Mark has had and assessing, well, how legitimate is this? Uh, let me see, um, completely not legitimate. It's just one or two outings and that's what you're basing it off of. Is this guy worth picking up? Is this guy worth claiming on waivers? Because he'll probably get run through waivers. Cubs still have five 40-man, rota- uh, 40-man roster spots. Five. And that doesn't even include players like Dylan Maples, who has to either make the squad or get designated, or Dwayne Underwood, who has to make the squad or get designated. You know, it, it's The Cubs have scads of 40-man roster spots available. And players at some point here soon are going to start getting designated as other teams get to the point where they add a player to a full 40-man roster. Somebody's got to get designated. The Yankees are still sitting on... (sighs) Um, Corey Kluber and... DJ LeMahieu, they signed him last week, but they haven't added him to the 40-man roster yet. They're trying to make a 3-for-1, 4-for-1 trade, which they haven't been able to accomplish yet. And if they don't accomplish the trade, they'll have to designate two players for assignment, which means two players will go on waivers. Will they be worth claiming by the Cubs? There you go. That's basically what the Cubs signing level is. If somebody got placed on waivers, the Cubs can afford them. If it's something else, then maybe not. So, uh, yeah, by all means, you can get upset. But it does no good. So I'd much rather pay attention to the positive, assess what's going on, and as outfits send out their top 100, don't get pissed off that the Cubs only have two or three instead of four or five. Understand that they're a little bit tapped out at the top, maybe. And a lot of the prospects that they have are in the compound level or A-ball. If they develop, they might make it into the top 100. And if they're developing, it will likely be in games. And if there are games... I will likely be covering them here with podcast episodes after said games so you can tell what they're doing, even if you don't want to listen to the game on audio or check the box score. Just hit play. Um, so yeah, it's it would be nice if things were different. They're not. So the Cubs are a bit short on some lists in the top 100 if the players necessary perform well in 2021 that may start to change thanks for stopping by pre-arb excellence i'll have another podcast up soon
and circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.